Look at my fellowshipping people over here. Praise the Lord. That's mine. Praise the Lord. Okay, guys. Time's ticking. And I know you've all got things that you want to do today. (sighs) Yep, I know it's on your mind. But I'm here to talk to you about what's on, on God's mind today. Amen? And I want you to have fun, and I want you to cheer. But I want you to cheer. You can practice your cheering at Go God. Everybody give a Go God. Go God. I, I want to be on the winning team, and that's the team that wins. I just want to tell you that. Uh, that's what's happening. Okay. So if you want to practice cheering, please, I'd like to hear some of it. I want you to get vocal. You don't have to just be vocal at a football game. Uh, Amen? So, Father, we just ask you to anoint your word because your word is anointed. And may it not go into just the ears, but may it activate in the heart of each person. And may we take this to heart and may we do what you want us to do about this topic, in Jesus' name. Amen? Uh, I'm turning to Matthew chapter 6. If you want to turn there in your Bibles or key it up on your, your uh, phone or whatever you're doing here, however you're going to read the word, the text that we'll be going over today is found in Matthew chapter 6. I'm not going to read it all because God's been doing so many fabulous things right now. Uh, This morning, if you missed early church, you missed it. We had a good time uh, praying for one another and hearing what God is busy doing. So uh, this topic is something that affects all of us. And if you are turning in your Bible, you'll see that this is the text that's in red. So if you have a Bible and you see red text rather than black text, It is because these are the words that Jesus himself said. And Matthew wrote down for us what Jesus had to say. You know who Jesus is? He's the son of God. He's the lamb that was slain. He's the one that died on the cross for your penalty and your sins. And he is the savior of the world. That's who Jesus is. He is God. He is the wonderful counselor. That's who Jesus is. And in part of this text, he's saying a lot of things. He'd been up in the mountain, a bunch of people had been hanging around. But at this point, he was really talking to his disciples, and they were also passing it along. Things They were asking him, how should we live this life? How, How should we follow you? What are the things you want us to do? And in this text, uh, starting around verse 25, for your own reading at home, through verse 34, Jesus is telling them, I say to you, do not be anxious for this life. Anxious could be worry, and that's what I want to talk to you about today, worrying. Worrying. 
on what Jesus has to say about it. He has a lot to say. I want you to read that on your own this week, that you've got homework. Read 25 through verse 34 in Matthew chapter 6. I found myself um, worrying. I, I usually don't worry too much. I might be concerned about something, but I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't advance into worrying. Worry, worry, worry. Worry, worry, worry. And then I get emotional about it, and I start worry, worry, worry. And then it's overwhelming, and I'm worrying and worrying and worrying, and my whole day is gone, and I'm, I'm worrying. No, I don't do that much anymore. No, I really don't. But I found myself worrying as I was working this week. It was something that was kind of coming in the back of my thoughts. And I won't go into the whole thing, but I was worrying about the tragic news that I heard this week about a couple of the states in the United States that are passing laws for um, last-minute abortions right up to if a woman was having labor pains and giving birth to a beautiful, brand-new 40-week baby that she could decide to abort that child. And it started to worry me uh, on many levels because I've talked to so many women who've had abortions. And it's a decision. It is their choice according to the laws of the land. Uh, They've given them the right to make that choice. But I've counseled so many women that it has destroyed their life later on. It's just something they hardly, it's very hard for them to get over. And um, many, many women, many young women, older women, whatever, whatever the reasons were. And I just thought how tragic that would be and that I couldn't imagine since we have this beautiful child care center that we have, the Potter's House School and Child Care Center. Uh, we, we are a specialty center. We take children who are born with addiction and uh, because their mothers are addicted. I mean, we were specialized and trained to help these babies in their first moments of life. And I can't imagine that baby being born and being ultimately rejected to just die. So I was worrying about it, worrying about it, worrying about it. All the hurt that would go from there. And I was also thinking how many, I've prayed for so many couples and families that have wanted to have children, but they weren't able to have children, and how they would love to have that baby. And I thought, I just was worrying and pondering, and I was thinking, well, what if we put all the money that we put into uh, paying for abortions if we took our government money instead and we put it into adoption, making it so people could afford to adopt because it's very expensive. Do you understand what I'm saying? What, what, if, we, what if we did that it, instead of seeing these tragic things? I began to worry. And God came and he said, Kathy, you're worrying. And I go, oh, How did I get there? First I was concerned, and then I started seeing it in the heartbreak. He wanted me to pray. 
But instead, I wasted prayer time that I could have been praying about it over the scenarios that I knew from experience were going to happen. And I started to worry and fuss over it. So it is easy for us, you know, if I'd spent all that time praying, it would have been much better because we heard this morning, so many of you came in here with answers to prayer, almost immediate answers to prayer. And we know it's God's will that these little children uh, don't die and that they are placed in loving hands and that we can help all the people in the midst of that. Even if the child has a handicap, uh, we have foster care parents that we know that are, it's their call in life to minister to children like that. So anyway, I was worrying. And today's word is a simple message on how to defeat your fears and your worries. Because fear always comes in and links itself to worry. A spirit of fear comes to link itself to a worry. You're really worrying because you're, you've passed the, your fearings. These things are going to happen in your life. Amen? So everybody with me? Okay, the first scripture I want to speak about, what, what, and this is what Jesus was telling them. In Matthew, he's telling them, Don't be anxious about your life. Don't be anxious about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what you're going to wear or what's going on. Because you worry so much, you get into tomorrow and you you go into next week and you're worrying about all the things that haven't even happened yet. Because if we took that time and prayed, they might not happen. Do you follow me? And, and you don't. And fear is a terrible thing. I'm I'm convinced it takes years off your life. I'm serious. Fear can take, and worry can take years off your life. I mean, uh, it takes the joy out of life. Are you joyful when you're worrying? Heck, no. You're miserable. You're miserable. So um, Jesus was telling them, don't do it. And the bottom line, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it all. You're going to read it this week. But he's saying, look at the sparrows. They don't garden and they don't have a vegetable garden and they don't can the food. You know. And look at the lilies of the field, how beautiful the wildflowers are. They're dressed in glory and beauty. God's taking care of it. And yet the sparrows find seed and they don't have to till And how much more, if you are a child of God, is he going to care about you? How much more? And and so he's just saying, stop worrying. The bottom line is he wants you to trust him. But in 1 Peter, Peter writes, and he says, give, this is uh, the New Living Translation. It says, give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares for you. Now, if you didn't get anything, get that in your spirit today. Give all your worries and your cares to God because he cares for you. Well, see, for a person like me, I, I'm a doer. I've got I've to do things about stuff. 
It's like, well, let me in this game. Let me do something. But if we give it to him first, you won't be spinning your wheels doing things that he's going to take care of. He's going to give you time to go do stuff that he wants you to do. Do you hear me? Now, it takes more than willpower to stop worrying. And the reason you all know that is because you've tried, right? Willpower doesn't seem to work very good. You know, you're like, I shouldn't be worrying about this, but I don't know. I just keep worrying about it. So it's going to take more than your willpower. And I want to point out four things today that the Lord uh, was talking to me about. The first and foremost thing, the number one thing that you need to have on your list to help you defeat worry is you have to get to know God. You have to get to know God. If you don't know him and what he's about and what he's up to, you're going to worry. If you don't know God, then you have every reason to worry. Are you following me? But if you know God, and I'm saying some of you know God. You've known him a long time. Well, you're still worrying. You've got to get to know him better. More. You've got to spend more time with him. Because if you're worrying... There's something coming up short in this relationship here. Matthew 6.32, uh, in the Message Bible translation, I love the way this just says it simply. People who don't know God and the way he works worry and fuss over these things. Come on. How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Their concerns, their cares, I care about it. It's not like not worrying doesn't mean I'm not caring about something. But I'm doing what we just read. I give all my worries and my cares to God because he cares for me. And he cares about it too. And I ask him for solutions and answers and to show me anything he wants me to do. Otherwise, I'm waiting for him to make a way. Amen? Amen? Okay. So a believer, what is a believer? A believer is someone who said to God, just told him, whether we do it together here in church or an altar call, I mean, it doesn't even have to be that way. It's just in your time. You talk to God and you say, God, I want to know you. I want to know if you exist. If you, if you don't know God, then you say, God, I want to know you. And I want to know you more than I have in the past. And if you're real, I want you to reveal yourself to me. And, and I'm taking a little step of faith and saying, Come into my life, come into my heart and live in me and reveal yourself to me. I want to get to know you. I want to, I want to find out what I've heard people saying, you're part of the family. Pastor was saying, many people said, we're family, we're family. We are family because when we receive Jesus Christ in our heart and, and we become his child in that way and have that knowledge in our head, 
then we realize we're not alone. I'm not doing this on my own. I've got Almighty God on my side. Amen? I've got a Heavenly Father. And then I, I come and I come into assembly like this, and I meet family members. I don't know you, but, you know, you know I, if, if I just came here for the first time or so, I might not know you, but I, I'm like, when I go to another church, I get excited about it. People tell me, well, I'm from so-and-so church, and I go, that's great. I met another family member. I didn't know you before. It's long-lost family. I get to meet another family member in the family of God. You are his child. You are God's child from that moment on. There doesn't have to be some serendipity ceremony. Not some special prayer or something you have to sign. You just say, God, come into my heart. Reveal yourself to me. Because I want to get to know you and I want to start finding out about who I am in you. And your word says that I'm your child when I do this. And I become born again. I get to become born again, born anew, born from above. Amen? I get a second life. Yeah. So when one of his children that he gives special privileges to starts to worry and fuss and carry on, what does God say? is Kathy you're my child and you're worrying like you're an orphan I'm your father you're my child and you're worrying like you're an orphan You don't have to worry. Give me your cares. Talk to me about this. Let us reason together over this. Let me reveal myself with you. Why are you acting like an orphan? Slap. Oh, how did I slip into that worry? Of course you know all these things that are going on in the earth realm. And you've got a plan. And I want to talk to you about what it is. And I want to get with it. And be praying so I can run in here with a testimony that I got down on my knees last night and God answered the prayer by the morning. Is that awesome? I love that. So, number two, you have to put God. This is another thing you have to do. So, first, you've got to get to know Him. You really do. And you have to work on that your whole life because He's so vast. Number two is you have to put God first in every area of your life. You have to put him first. He has to come first. Put him first. In that group of scriptures, you'll read what Jesus had to say about that. And in Matthew six thirty-one and 33, in another translation, it says, don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing. Your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you need them. And he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. 
in some of the Bibles that you might be reading, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Now, if you don't understand that, so you have to seek first the kingdom of God. You have to seek God first. But I read this other one just to break it down into our language for today. He wants first place. He wants you to come to him first. He doesn't want you going to the self-help book on that you've been worrying about, oh, I'll go get this from the library. It's going to tell me what to do. He doesn't want you going there. He wants you to come to him first, like a child. Father, Daddy, whatever your relationship is, come to him first. Come to him first. I want to tell you something right now, because it will lead to worry. Any time you take God out of the center of your life, and you put anything else there, no matter how good it is, you're going to worry. You will. Anytime you get distracted by not putting him first. If you start worrying, just go back and, and say, oh, God, forgive me for worrying. Help me with this. Help me with this. This is what I'm concerned about. This is what I'm caring about. And he will start helping you. And that's how we pray. It's not, we don't have to say, dear God, or, you know, however you pray, I don't care how you pray. However makes you happy. It's all, prayer is nothing less than just talking to God. Okay? Talking to God. Number three, you have to live one day at a time. Now, AA took this principle from the Word of God, one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. They took this principle from the Word of God. The Bible says, so don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Okay? If you are worried about tomorrow, what's going to happen? You're going to miss out on the blessings that he has for you today. You won't see it. You'll be blinded. You'll be distracted. Something could be going on a special conversation or something that somebody once is saying that he, God wanted you to overhear as you were thinking about how could I bless them. And you were so preoccupied in your mind and you were so weighted down by these worries, worries, worries. We prayed over uh, them today so they don't have to worry about going forward. God's going to take care of this. We'll take care of each concern as we go. We don't have to worry about that or we'll miss today. Many of you, I told you uh, before, I tried to teach my uh, grandkids. Sometimes we like to look at wildlife if we're on a long car trip and we try to see how much wildlife we can find. 
how much wildlife can we cite? Wildlife sightings. But I, uh, God, I ministered on that. God sightings. I try to teach them the same way we did look for animals, that they should look for God in today. God sightings. God sightings. God's blessings. What does he want to get your attention with? And so when you're preoccupied looking for him first, and you're looking for a God sighting, and talk to him about it, it's awesome. But if you're preoccupied by all this worrying, and worrying about tomorrow and the next week, so we just take our cares, and we keep it at the concern level, it's okay to care about something. That isn't worry, but it's when you're fussing over it, and you guys know what I'm talking about, and you get those butterflies, and that knot starts getting in your gut, and you're getting twisted up, and you're feeling bad, and you're feeling down, and you're feeling discouraged, and Satan's like, yippee, woohoo! I got him now. Send over those other demons of heaviness. Yeah, and discouragement, really lay it on thick. Yeah, let it ooze on them, you know. And then before you know it, you're down and, and miserable, and you don't even know what happened. No, we're not going to let it get to worry stage. We're going to give our cares to God. We're going to give them to him, and we're going to talk to him about it. Amen? Amen. Uh, some of you older saints know what I'm talking about, but I want to break it down so we, we can all have it. And unfortunately, Matthew just left, and this is his part. <laughs> uh, but if he comes back here in a second, I'll get him. Um, so I just want you to know that... Um, God can give you the grace and the strength that you need when you get there. I'm not talking about preparing. There's a difference in preparing for tomorrow. You can prepare. You can prepare for tomorrow. You, it's okay to have a plan, but I'm talking about worrying about it. And if it starts getting to be an obsession. Okay, the number four thing and the last thing I want to share with you is big. You have to trust God. You have to trust him. Well, you can't trust him if you don't know him. You can't trust him if you don't know what the word of God has to say about what he's promised you. You don't have anything to stand on. And that's why the first thing is you must know God, which all these other activities that I just shared with you will bring you into a situation where you can trust God. Because you'll know what he's promised and you'll start seeing things actually start to happen when you talk to him. And he'll reveal himself to you. Amen? Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Again, that's First, uh, that's first Peter 5.7. Okay, so how do we do that? One way is to memorize God's promises in the Bible. I bet anybody, any young person that doesn't know anything about this can Google, Google God's promises. And I bet multitudes of things will come up on your phone. And you can click on those and find out what they are. They might even be categorized. If you don't want to do that, 
You see this little book right here? I know the person that wrote this book. And some of you know them too. A.L. Gill, Dr. A.L. Gill and Joyce Gill. When I lived in Whittier, California, they ran a little Baptist Bible bookstore. I'd been in there many times in my youth. This goes way back when, before I moved to Vermont. And God got a hold of them and made them radical believers. They had a God encounter. They were happy serving the world with their little bookstore and doing it well. But God had an encounter with those two that would then send them to the nations. And they've been here many times and launched the School of International Ministry around the world. And when they gave up their business and said, how are we going to support ourselves? God said, this is in the 70s to them. He said, write a little book of all God's promises. This has been in print all over the world in I don't know how many languages. And it's broken down topically about what God has to say about his promises under certain topics. For instance, let me just randomly open one here. Okay. Um, Okay. You are deserted by loved ones. That's the topic. You can turn to that category. You're deserted by people that loved you should have been loving you, and they've betrayed you, and they've deserted you, and they've taken off on you. They've left you alone. They booted you out of the house. You have no place to go. You're hurt emotionally. What does God's word say about it? He says, and they that know your name will put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken them that seek you. For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance, his family. Here's another one. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. You've heard that three times today. You may be persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but you will not be destroyed. He will pick you up. And so that's just how this comes in. But if you don't know God's promises and you don't know God's word, so if you want to go, you could probably pick this up in a, this is a leather edition, but I bet you could get this in paperback for under eight bucks. If you just want to read these at night. If you like a book. But I bet it's online. And Sean had a little thing, who I am in Christ. We need to print some more of those up. But these are promises on any topic. You've got to learn to put your trust in God. Trust in God to care. Matthew, would you please come up here and share the definition of trust and what that means to you? Come on, buddy.
So the definition of trust is Firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So I think that you have to earn somebody's trust, and like it takes sometimes years, months, depending. And like, <sighs> I feel like if you are like truthful with somebody, it's easier to trust them than if you lie and sinful. Thank you for sharing your perspective on that. So first of all, the Word of God says that God is not a man that he could lie to you. And he will be truthful with you. Sometimes the truth challenges you. But you need to be challenged. I need to be challenged. Trust, trusting, absolute trust in God. He is trustworthy. He's never failed me. He won't fail you. Sometimes he's delayed things, and I thought, it was like, where are you, God? But see, I can be that way with him. I can say, where are you, God? I'm trusting you, but I'm like, uh, I'm on a shaky ladder right at the moment. And he comes in, and he brings the peace. And he says, I'm right here. It's all in control. Wait. Behold what I'm about to do. Just hang in there. Hang in there. Hang in there. You see, when you trust in God, I want you to know it's like this. It's like an insurance policy. It's an insurance policy. I buy insurance for my car. I buy insurance for my car, and it protects a person if I hit them, and it also protects me and fixes my car, even if it's my fault. Are you hearing me? Even if it's my fault, even if I did something that wasn't right, It's an insurance policy that comes in and says, okay, we're going to cover the other people. We're going to cover you. If there were medical expenses, they're going to fix it up. Are you getting me? So if I have car insurance, I'm not, every time I drive my car or in between when I'm not, I'm not worrying that it's not going to be taken care of. Right? I'm not worrying. Why should I worry? I have a policy. I have an insurance policy. That's what knowing God and knowing that you are his child, his beloved child, in knowing God that he cares about you every second of the day, at all times, whether you did something that was wrong or something did so, somebody did something to you 
that wasn't right and it wasn't your fault. God is like trusting God is the insurance and assurance. You're assured that he is going to intervene. Amen? In every place. And we can worry about these things. So when you know something's covered, you don't worry about it anymore. Right? And we're covered. We're covered by the blood of the Lamb. We're covered. We're covered by relationships. He's got a contract with us. Come on. Signed in blood. His own blood. He guarantees it if you open your heart. So what's the result of taking these four steps? It's incredible peace of mind. You know, you see the State Farm Insurance commercials. Who knows what we'll see at the Super Bowl today. I don't know who's paying the big price on those uh, commercials today. But you know what? I think, isn't it State Farm has you in their hand or something? Is it State Farm? Who is it? All State. Okay, well, whoever it is, it has you. I want to tell you, this is Almighty God insurance. This is Almighty God has you in his hand. And you don't need to worry about it. So just the other way is pray. So remember, if you prayed as much as you worried, uh, you'd have a lot less to worry about. But <laughs> so what is this? It's the, the experiencing God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. And that's Philippians 4.7. Um, so I told you about this. And I want to tell you about one more thing, and then we're going to pray and dismiss. This is the Living Word School of Ministry. This is a Bible school. And the next semester that we're starting here shortly, for anybody that wants to come, you don't have to come for the entire semester. We do, we do ordinations through the school. It's really a Bible college. It's a Bible school. Um, and you can come to the school, but the first class that we're going to teach this year is knowing God intimately. It's 101, how to do some of these things. And I guarantee, if you decide to come, you can get a certification for the first course uh, in the first semester. But anybody that is interested in joining and becoming part of the Living Word School of Ministry, or just coming to that class, join us. Um, I'll be announcing soon when that's going to be. I highly recommend that topic. It's one of my favorite courses. I'm even switching the school year. Normally we don't lead with that, but that's going to be the first thing. Lord told me, start with that class. Change it up this year. So if you're interested in that, please see me. Knowing God intimately, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Knowing who you are in God. So with that, I want to bless you all. Father, help us on this topic. We all need help. Not one of us uh, doesn't need help on this area, Lord. We worry and don't even realize it, God. And we just ask you to intervene. Intervene and touch our minds and touch our hearts, Lord, 
and help us live in the moment. Help us be mindful of the moment so we don't miss the beauty that you've given and the blessings that you've set aside for today. I ask you to anoint everyone. I ask you to bless them this week as they go forth and minister to people, crowds if they're with people, sharing. Uh, No fighting, just blessing. It's only a football game. Come on. And, uh, Lord, we just give you all the glory. And we thank you for everything that you are doing right now. We are so encouraged. And our hearts are burning for you. Amen. Signs and wonders and greater works. Amen. You have no idea what's coming down the pike. I can't wait. Can't wait to share. And so I just want to bless you all. And I have a hand up back here. Yes, Jackie? No, I don't know it. Did you want to sing it? 